We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe and on Facebook. This week's guest is Gary Kurtz. Gary is a sales and marketing professional, father of three, husband to an incredible woman, and great friend to a lot of great people. Not quite in that order. Gary works each day to be a little bit better in each part of his life and to make life better for those around him. Gary is known for hard work, big laughs, and going all out in everything that he does. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you. You make that sound so good. (laughs) Well, I didn't write it. I just read it. (laughs) So um, now you are a sales and marketing professional at the Howard Company. Do you want to just give a quick overview on what the Howard Company is? Yeah, the Howard Company is a branding signage company out of Brookfield, Wisconsin that generally works more so in the QSR market. So uh, fast food drive throughs signage, uh, fast casual restaurants, um, you know, anything that you can get food quick from, uh, we specialize in uh, just kind of connecting those people that are trying to bring in customers to, to their customers okay. via, you know, visual signage. Okay. I I worked, I've been there for six years, coming on six years. Cool. And yesterday was my first day as vice president of uh, sales and marketing. Well, congrats on that. Thank you. Um, speaking of sales and marketing, that's often a title that is kind of wearing both hats. And I think, you know, they are two separate activities. Where exactly, where exactly do you see sales and marketing meeting and crossing paths? Uh, a very good question. I, th- I think that now in this day and age, the difference between a salesperson and a marketing person is that a salesperson talks to customers and does more traveling. Uh, other than that, it's kind of, they're kind of meeting in the middle. It used to be that, you know, if, if sales was on the left and marketing was on the right, you know, they kind of, they would clash in the center, but now they overlap each other. Uh, that's the way that we that we started running our teams. Okay. Uh, so that the salespeople have a great understanding of how the marketing team works and vice versa, uh, and it's becoming a pretty good marriage. Nice. Yeah, I I agree. I think there's some um, the two teams have to work together. Mm-hmm. The two roles have to work together because you can't just sell um, and without the support of marketing, but you can't just market uh, and assume that you're going to close the deal. So there has to be a cohesiveness that's happening yeah. there. Six months ago, I would say our, our a lot of our sales team didn't know what a nurturing, a nurturing campaign was. Mm-hmm. And now that we're having our meetings together and we meet every every morning for a 15-minute like brief huddle, mm-hmm. everybody can't, can't wait to get the next nurturing campaign started. I bet. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... Um, Automation, nurturing, there's yep. a lot of really cool tools and resources out there today. Um, and we'll dive into that a little bit later, but um, let's talk about uh, bringing on new team members. So what exactly are you looking for when you're interviewing new employees? Uh, more so than, than ever, uh, cultural fit, I think, is is more important. Uh, are they going to be reliable? Is there integrity? Can they stand up to your company's values and, and also do the job? Uh, we... We've been, you know, we we hold our our employees to to five major uh, things like that, mm-hmm. and we seem to get a lot of 
good candidates that way. We can screen people that might not be a fit over the course of time. Sure. Just aren't in the right place in their life to to work for our company. Okay. Um, what are those five things? Uh, so we're an employee-owned company, so mm -hmm. you need to think like an owner. Yep. Uh, integrity, flexibility. Uh, a couple of them are evading me right now, but I, <laughs> when my boss listens to this, he's not going to be happy. I can't, <laughs> I can't see all five of them. But well, I think the first three that you shared are really powerful. Um, and, and important. I think it's, it's definitely, um, takes a unique individual to think like an employee and it, it definitely gives you a different perspective of how you function in your day-to-day -day activities, uh, as far as, you know, being a producer and endure and getting things done. Yeah. The, the core values part of what we've brought on in our, we, we started on the EOS model at our company. Sure. And we've kind of seen just the way that everybody changes of thinking It's like, okay, so I have this task to do. And if somebody isn't doing it this way, it's like, oh, is this, are you really being flexible right now? Or are you, you know, do you have a can do attitude, which is one of the ones I missed out? <laughs> can do attitude. I'll, I'll add that one really right now. Um, yeah. I think the U S model is a fantastic model. I'm definitely a, believer and fan and advocate of, of the traction book and system. Like six books. I think I, like I can't even keep track of which ones I've read now. Yeah. There's a couple of them <laughs> for sure. Um, rocket fuel. And there was, uh, that's actually the one I just started. That one's I just a great one. Reading, yeah. Really, really good one. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of mind blowing actually. Uh, once you start diving into it. Um, okay, so let's shift this uh, conversation slightly uh, into trends that you're seeing in the B2B purchasing world. I think the biggest trend that we're seeing in, in B2B is, and, and probably the same thing with B2C, is that there's a large, a very large amount of decisions that are being made prior to anybody picking up a call or, you know, people know that as soon as they are clicking on a link on something that they're going to be being followed and the nurturing campaigns start. Yep. Um, our our marketing manager kind of laid it out to me as you know in a way I understood is that you know you see an iceberg, and there's only a, a you know a, an eighth of it that's showing out of the water, mm -hmm. and everything underneath it is where people are making decisions now. So if you don't have a good website, if you don't have good social media, if you don't have you know reviews that are in order. You, know, you might not get that call. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that that's probably the biggest thing that, that we're seeing as far as our customers is that it used to be that they would come to us and say, hey, can you make this for us? And maybe it didn't exist before. But now it's like, well, we found this on the website. Sorry, maybe next time. Mm -hmm. you, but so you really have to stay in front of people to mm -hmm. make sure that you know, that you're the first call Correct. or that they see it on your website or yep. see something close to that because, you know, people see customization as expense now versus I'll find somebody who does it as a, as a standard stock thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That That's an interesting perspective. It's n no one's really ordering out of a catalog anymore uh, to some extent. They, they want it their way. They want mm -hmm. it very customized. Um, but you have to uh, position yourself as the expert in that space to say, I understand your industry, and I understand that you have very specific custom needs, and I can solve that problem for you. 
Yeah, and that's what our my company, the Howard Company, that we do that very well. Is that we can take something that is fairly stock to us, but then we make one little change to it, and it looks like it's never been made before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're excelling in that area. Cool. I like to think that we are. Anyway, but <laughs> the more that people can do to be out ahead of people, so that you know the person who's browsing at one in the morning can see what you can do and you have a good explanation on your website and your social media. I that think that's a hundred percent key now. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, up and down, left and right. There's, uh, I'm going to be the biggest advocate of making sure that you are always top of mind because you never know when that new potential person is at that point in their buying decision-making process that they want to pick up the phone and call you or fill out your contact form. Mm-hmm. And they're going to just reach out to the person that is shouting to them the loudest, basically, and, and most front and center uh, in, that, in that process. So um, good insights. Thanks for bringing that up to our attention. So, Gary, um, the purpose of the show is to really focus on networking and mm-hmm. help alleviate any fears that people have around, you know, that scary word networking um, and really showcase that it's powerful and it's going to help Um, any professional really grow and evolve. So that being said, can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Yeah. So, uh, and this has to do with, with business actually, is that uh, I met somebody at a trade show like seven years ago and uh, like a half a year later, uh, they called me and they were like, this was a person that worked at a, at a huge QSR uh, in the in the industry, I'm not sure if we can call those people out or not. It's up to you. But <laughs> <laughs> the they called me and they asked for just a small auxiliary product that cost like three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like we got to talk in that time, and I was kind of saving them a bunch of headache because their their immediate supplier had ran out of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you fast forward, uh, you know, five years now, uh, we've we've done like. $3 million with that company. Yeah, it's awesome. And it all started with a conversation at a trade show that led to a speaker post uh, that led to, you know, doing the, you know, an entire signage package for a company. So I thought that was very relative. It's one of those things that when you get into these, they're not, it's not always easy to walk into a room and go, okay, I want to go meet people today. Mm-hmm. Like you try to meet people for, if you're in sales or marketing, you're always trying to do that anyway. So Kind of getting yourself up to be like, okay, let's go be friendly to everybody. It's not always sure. easy. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're looking at the difference between actually going out and talking to people versus doing things online, you you need to walk a fine line between, you know, the people that you're actually going to go out and meet and the people that you can meet online, mm-hmm. too. I think there's a lot of online networking that you can be that can be done as well. Cause Absolutely. Half the workforce goes home and they don't they don't go to those events. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to see everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great um, example of uh, illustrating that it takes time to build a relationship. So you were at an event, and maybe you know, d- day after the trade show, you're going, "Well, that wasn't really successful." You know, we didn't get anything out of it. But then six months later, um, you know, someone reached out to you, and then it turned into an amazing relationship. It sounds like. And I've got a, I've got a hand, a, like more than a handful of those kind of, mm-hmm. kind of stories where it, I guess you just never really know who you're going to meet. And in, in our realm of restaurant QSR world, mm-hmm. there's consistently people shuffling. Sure. In, in those areas, you know, if somebody is a vice president of marketing today at one company. 
you know, chances are within the next two years, they're going to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that everybody does in marketing when they get into a company is they want to make a splash, either whether it's saving money or bringing a new, you know, a new look, a new face to the company. So you want to be a part of those moves. Absolutely. So when you're, when, you can never rest on your laurels, as people say, <laughs> like to... <laughs> To be like, oh, like, I know enough people now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. Uh, oh, you got to keep growing if you want to grow as a as a person in business, especially. Most definitely. So, uh, Gary, as you're attending events and trade shows, and you know, really expanding your reach in in your um, in your industry, personally and professionally, how do you stand in front of and best nurture these relationships that you're creating? I think that, like, as you think of people, the the best thing that you can do for somebody is to reach out and and just say hello every once in a while mm-hmm. you know like oh i was i was driving past this place and i thought of you i just wanted to give you a call and say hello even if people don't answer yep uh, you at the time they understand that and then the next time they see you go oh, i'm so sorry you know that it makes them feel bad but uh, <laughs> uh, to stay in front of people that way i think is the best way is to just pick up the phone every once in a while mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I found that um, I've been doing that more recently. If someone's name just kind of pops in my head or if I read an article and it triggers the thought of someone, I take action on it right away and say, hey, saw this and it made me think of you and just checking in, seeing how you're doing. Or yeah. we, we actually started, uh, as I took over the sales team a bunch of months ago, it, it was a kind of a, a paradigm shift at, at our work was that we got so used to emailing people all the time and emailing and emailing mm-hmm. and emailing and we wouldn't get any replies and it was hard to, you know, book appointments with people, you know, just to even say hi in, mm-hmm. in the area where when we went back to old school, like picking up the phone and just dialing and picking and having people pick up uh, as you left voicemails and people call back and they, and they get used to talking to you over the telephone. Then it, the next time you call, it's like, Oh, this person prefers to talk on the sure. phone, so I'll pick up the phone. Yep, and then yep. you can actually get real networking done that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody sends out mass emails now. Yes. Everybody does, you know, like we this, we keep talking about the nurturing campaigns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think that they're very effective for yes. people that want to be engaged in them. Correct. Um, not so much for people who are like, well, I don't know what you do, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to know you. Or yeah, <laughs> that it's kind important of thing. to be strategic about that. You don't mm-hmm. want to just blast everyone. You want to give the right message to the right person at the right time. Yeah, and and there's still a lot of people that don't answer calls. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I see calls come through my phone every day. And I'm like, I don't really know who this is. Mm-hmm. But then you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm on my way home. I remember that person called me today, and I wanted to talk to him anyway, so sure. I'll call him back. Mm-hmm. And those are really the best relationships that I think the people within my network have. Um, you know, if you can get to the point with your in your networking with people that you can text with them, that's even better. Sure. That means you've kind of gotten into that that little sweet spot. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> level of the relationship. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. But I do agree with it. Um, so, what advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? Don't stop. It's <laughs> <laughs> good I, advice for sure. I, I would say even when you're when you're tired and there's that event that's happening. Go to it when mm-hmm. you're when you're out and you're like okay well maybe I'll call it early night tonight. Go go out and do it. Uh, I mean that's the same advice I give to anybody that that, that wants to to succeed now is that you just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we're not really in a nine to five uh, business culture anymore. We know we try to find the the, life, the work life balance, uh, but when you're going to be really happy, your work will be kind of like your life, but you get to interject a lot of cool things into mm-hmm. it and and events and things like that. And you just got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You can't, there's no, no rest for the wicked, right? <laughs> you just got to keep on moving forward. Um, and yeah, there's something to, to be said about making the decision to attend the events because uh, you never know. Like you said earlier, you never know who you're going to meet and where that could potentially take you down the road. Yeah, I mean, everybody that is in any industry will tell you that at some point they had to, you know, work long hours and and be that person who was, uh, you know, unless they're just, you know, incredibly gifted, it takes a lot more work than than anything else because that's what stands out Mm -hmm. in in people that you're trying to network with now. Uh, Not only as you're trying to make industry contacts, but customers and, and things like that, they they can tell when people are really working hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I see when, cause I can, I can put people through that I'm, in my job now is that if I have vendors that want to work with us or people that they know that they want my business, I can tell who's working hard and who's not. Yeah, absolutely. So we covered this a little bit where you're touching base around um, networking online versus attending the events. Um, in your experience, digital networking or traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? I think in the end, it's it's probably traditional. Okay. Uh, but when you're when you're digitally networking, I think the best way to do it is to be moving towards the traditional networking. So if if you're doing your digital networking, you want it to lead to a point where you can sit down and have lunch with somebody or have a meeting with somebody sure. uh, in person. You don't want to keep that that relationship 100% digital. I think um, there's a lot of good uh, insights with that. And what's interesting is a lot of the past guests, everyone's got a different opinion. I kind of mm-hmm. want to go back and like <laughs> audit all of my guests because some people say... You start with traditional and then use digital to really kind of do the nurturing and mm-hmm. and maintain that relationship. Um, but I've also heard a lot of people take your position where you start, um, you can leverage digital as a starting point with the goal of moving it to traditional. And then I've heard it's really just an equal distribution yeah. of traditional and digital. If, so. if I were to follow through with that as, a, as an explanation, whether or not it makes sense, you know, some people, some things work for some people and it all depends on your personality. Sure. But if you if you meet somebody and you keep them, let's say that both kinds of networking are a box. So when you meet somebody on, if you're digitally, they're putting you in that box. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I might email with them here and there. Uh, and then the same way if you meet somebody in person, like, well, I see them sometimes. I see them at these things. I don't really need to re- re- work with them, you know, digitally. Sure. It's like, how can you be in both boxes? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when you're top of mind with people. And, and that's when you get into that, that sweet spot of, oh, I can call them no matter what I can email them. I'm going to get a reply. Mm-hmm. Uh, text, ha- them. <laughs> ta- text them. Text yep. them. I mean, if you're texting with people, that means that uh, they're going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. That's in my, uh, professional experience and opinion. In my, yes, <laughs> yes. In my experiences, if, if you can get on a, on a text message, text messaging thing with people, because I mean, when you're, when you're in business, you're working with people that are 60, 20, mm-hmm. they're all over the place. And especially with the older generation, like if they're texting with you, mm-hmm. that means you're, you're, 
you're in with them. And, and that's probably from like a, a customer relationship, not just like a, hey, we're me and you are friends now mm -hmm. uh, doing podcasts together. That's a little bit different. But. <laughs> nice. Okay, Gary, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? I would I would save more for okay. sure. Okay. Uh, to the to the people out there that are are just re getting ready to go out of college, uh, that you know you want to have a good time. You're just getting your first job. Uh, one of the things that I didn't do was start my 401k mm -hmm. until I was like 28, mm -hmm. uh, and I wouldn't have noticed that money uh, sure. if I if yep. I had saved yep. it yep. at, at, at that time. I that. Uh, like I think you gotta you gotta go through your your younger years and you gotta have fun and you gotta have your experiences. You want to travel, but you gotta think about uh, your forty year old self mm -hmm. and how you're gonna look at that. Uh, thankfully, I was able to get a couple jobs where I could catch up pretty quickly sure. on that. But I would definitely say saving is one of the things that that you have to do no matter what, mm -hmm. even if you're putting away three percent. Yeah, something is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. And I think a lot of people could <laughs> agree with that statement. <laughs> okay, so um, Gary, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with, and do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Uh, the person that I would always love to to connect with, and this, this is like a what if, right? Sure. This isn't, yeah. I don't have Absolutely. to like try to do my six degrees. Uh, <laughs> no. Shaq. Okay. So Shaq is a sales and marketing powerhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that I was just telling somebody today at, at lunch that I think that, that Shaq is going to really like not save Papa John's, but like he's going to do very well for them. Every, <laughs> everything he touches goes to, it turns to gold basically. Okay. And I don't, I don't know how I would connect myself there, but. Do you have a starting point? How do you think you'd start that journey? <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be through Ancestry.com. I okay. don't think that would do it. <laughs> but I guess I don't have an answer to that to that question. Well, you, you've got connections somewhere. I mean, you've got LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. and So I've, I've sold some equipment to some very famous people like okay. we. We did a drive-through for Hakeem Olajuwon okay. one time, so I could probably go there. Like, yeah, I, there's, there's, see, there's a path. You there's just got to there turn a connection the thinking there. cap yeah. on a little bit. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, as a business professional, I, I imagine. I mean, you're, you're reading a couple books right now. It sounds like, but um, continuing to self-educate is important. So, um, reading or podcasts that you're listening or something along those lines. Anything you want to share with our listeners? Uh, so right now I am reading. I just started reading Rocket Fuel yeah, in the in the EOS mm -hmm. uh, stuff, and and that would probably be the second thing that I would tell people if you're a young person, is that you just can't stop reading. Mm -hmm. uh, something that I did uh, for a long time, and I've probably read more in the last year and a half than I have than I did while I was in college the entire time. Sure. Regarding yep. of, of classes, um, but podcasts are great to to get in to listen to. You have to keep yourself looking at the next thing. You you can, you can never be stagnant. Yep. A lot of truth to that. Uh, you want to share with our listeners a little bit about what Rocket Fuel is about? So Rocket, I'm just getting into the the, the, the beginning parts of it, but basically it's, it's how to determine the vision for your company. Uh, 
in in the EOS model, there's a integrator and a visionary. And uh, if you're at the top of the company, you're either taking one of those roles. And uh, I'm not in that position, but it, I just want to know what that is all about. Uh, so then, if it were up to, to come up at some point, then I, you know, you you just have to keep getting ready for the next thing in your life. Uh, even if it's if you're a salesperson, just getting on a on a, somebody's blog that you that you like to follow, or, <laughs> uh, you know, following them on following people on social media mm-hmm. too. That that works. But I found reading to be actually a nice way to kind of end of the end of the, end of the days. You know, a cup of tea and some some reading. Yeah, bourbon sometimes too. You know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, well, uh, I mean, this is a question I ask most of my guests. So if you're ever looking for some good reading, uh, I'd say just kind of peruse past some of the past episodes. Oh, nice. And you'll get some fantastic recommendations. I've even had a couple authors on the show as well. So um, lots of good, good books out there. Um, How many episodes are you up to? Oh, goodness gracious. Let's see. I think you are going to be number 196. So not your first time. No. <laughs> Hopefully it's not coming off that way. No, 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 no. no. My first time. Not sure. Well, you're doing just fine. Um, so, Gary, uh, being it's your first time, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and give you an opportunity to interview me. What is the question that you'd like to ask me? What, what brought you into this? Into podcasting? Yeah. What, what was the draw? Um, actually, I have a professional colleague, uh, Stephen Westner, who is an awesome podcaster. He interviewed, he asked me to be a guest on his show. So I, my first podcast was interview was on his show. Um, and I loved it. It was super fun. And it was a great um, way to just have a intelligent conversation with not as much stress. I found, you know, like video requires just got to look good. Lighting's got to be great. Um, Blogging takes a lot of time to just kind of think through and make sure everything's polished and perfect Mm -hmm. before you publish. Um, And I just really like the authenticity that came with podcasting and great way to still um, showcase um, thought leadership and to have some awesome conversations with with a variety of guests and meet some amazing people. Um, so, yeah, it has far exceeded my expectations. Yeah. So so what would you call a perfect day in, in, in the work life? Oh, my gosh. There's <laughs> a perfect day um, in my work life is uh, everyone is happy. All the okay. clients are happy. Um, all the bills are paid, all the clients are paying me on time, and all the employees and team members are happy. Okay. That's so, a perfect day. <laughs> so what drives you? Um, I am extremely passionate about educating others, and um, I love marketing. I think it's a great way for people to communicate what their strengths are and for me to educate and empower others, businesses, brands, individuals, to be the best that they can be is what I'm passionate about. So what what's uh, what's next for you? Is this like the, you know, ten years, fifteen? I have I, no idea. I, I think <laughs> I, I always think that that's a like a an underrated question. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the, you go to your first college interview. So where do you see yourself sure. in five years? Yeah, and that's not that's not a relevant question to ask somebody who's twenty two years old. Sure, 
But it is a relevant question to ask somebody who's 35, 40, mm-hmm. 45. I do know some of my, I'll say, professional bucket list items. Um, I want to become uh, more of a keynote speaker. Okay. And, and again, educating and empowering others, especially around the digital space. Um, I keep telling myself I have five books in my head, so I already know the titles hey, are the topics. And they've been sitting there for a number of years, so I just need to dedicate the time to crank them out. Um, and I just want to continue to keep doing this. So all of it is around educating and empowering others, I think. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great plan. And this is a like a great way for people to you know, to listen to each other and, mm-hmm. and to hear conversation with that's very healthy. The one of the things that is on my personal improvement list was getting into to doing more interviews and video and stuff awesome. like that as I take on more of a leadership role mm-hmm. at, at my company. And uh, I don't know, it's just a it's one of those things that when you look at yourself on video, like you probably said some of the same thing, you're like, well, is that me? You yeah, know, like I don't a, want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it, but it's. Whew. But when people are listening to you, you know they, you don't you don't feel quite as, and that's one thing you just kind of let go. Like, I think that you do voice stuff, you get into, to keynote speaking and talking mm-hmm. in front of large groups of people, uh, where you know everybody's different, you know physically, or you just got to be like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that's me. Understand. Uh, I'm going to do this video. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really care what people think I want to go through with some yeah. of this stuff. You can't let can't let your fears get the best of you. I think that that happens a lot with people, and, and it kind of holds people back. Yeah, I agree with that, and, and I almost feel like you just answered my last question. <laughs> <laughs> Any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Uh, I guess I would just go back to to never resting on mm-hmm. on anything that you that you do if uh, if your if your goal is to get into a certain with a certain group of people or or to get to know people uh, we i think we all together sometimes make things way too complicated mm-hmm. whenever i see things in my head that are very complicated the answer is always very simple go say hello mm-hmm. you know go <laughs> send somebody a letter send you know uh do something that's going to impact uh, not, not only your life but but other people so that they can find out who you are. Um, I think that that's where we kind of lose. We think, okay, well, what's the point if they're not going to you – know, nobody wants to talk to me or not, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. You're probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to get out and do it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of truth to that, and I think um – I like how you said do something that's going to impact other people's lives. I think that's very powerful as well. I think that's a it's a base a, a basic thought in anybody's mind whether mm-hmm. they're you see them as self-centered or anything that uh, those people still want, you know, if it's if it's attention that you're looking for, you're still looking for an impact on somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you want to make a friend, you want to have a new business client. You just have to get over, get through yourself and just say, hey, I, I want to, this is who I am mm-hmm. and hello. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great final advice there. All right, Gary. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Gary Kurtz on LinkedIn. I work at the Howard Company in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Um, my email, people can reach me by email. It's mm-hmm. Gary at HowardCompany.com. Uh, all spelled out. Okay. Uh, All right. That's probably the best way to 
to get a hold of me. Great. And we will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Lots of fun, great insights that you shared with our listeners. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Gary for taking the time to connect with us. Join us next week for another great guest as we continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.